This call is being recorded. Um, so you saw the Facebook post that I put up there, and that's what got us chatting. Um, thanks for proactively reaching out. Of course. So I had no idea that you uh, worked on a suicide line. Yeah, it's something um, I started doing a little over two years ago. Um, I work as a crisis worker on the National Suicide Hotline. Wow. Wow. So what does that mean exactly? Um, well, you know, the the 1-800 number that's always published for the National Suicide Hotline, uh-huh. um, those calls route based on the exchange of the phone number. So I work for the North Texas uh, Suicide and Crisis Center. Um, So anyone who calls in on that 800 number is routed to the closest um, crisis center to their phone number. Uh Um, So I answer the calls that come in. Uh, Most of them are North Texas calls. Um, However, I get a lot of Uh, People who have moved away and still have Dallas numbers or college students who have gone away to college and still have Dallas numbers. So uh, we get numbers. um, We do get calls from all over. Yeah. Wow. So do they get routed to your cell phone or do you actually go to a place to do it? I actually, there's a, there is a, um, a place here in Dallas that is um, a call center. Um, In my particular center, there's only a few on the line at a time. Yeah. But there are multiple centers throughout the states. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for doing that. So it's but that's some serious work and that's like obviously very much needed. So thank you. Yeah. I love doing it. So go team human, you know. <laughs> totally. Wow. Man, so in two years you've been exposed to a lot, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. You know, first of all, like, you know, the premise that we have here is that um, school shooters are, they are suicidal before they're homicidal. How does that ring with your own experience? I mean, I'm guessing you haven't talked to any potential school shooters, but I'm sure you talked to plenty of people who are suicidal. So like, what, what are your thoughts on that premise in general? Um, well, wow. There's... Uh, it's hard to say if I've ever spoken to any potential school shooters. Um, You just never know. However, it's never, I've never had a call where that's been um, brought up as, as something that was being considered um, by anyone. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I have my own theories on, on, certain things and and why things happen. Um, For instance, um, there is a, there is a percentage and I I don't have it in front of me, but there's a, in a certain age range where um, suicidal thoughts, the suicide attempt will happen within a very short period of time. We're talking two to three hours from the moment of the idea. Um, Wow. And that happens you know, in a very, you know, young teenage age. It's an, it's an impulse control situation. Um, I, 
again, as far as school shootings go, I'm, I mean, I don't really know on that. I do know that that things like that, that television program, um, the 13 Reasons Why, I think is a very dangerous, dangerous television show. Um, awful. Yeah, because because you're talking about people who are at an age where they're making decisions immediately. So the thought of suicide comes into their head and within two hours they've attempted, wow. you know, so you're putting a TV show in front of them that puts that idea and, and glorifies it yeah, and makes it, makes it a, Hey, I'm going to get back at you uh, sort of thing. And then they have two hours. It's a, it's a very dangerous situation as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just horrific that that exists because I mean, you're right. I mean, the other thing is like, I don't, I've never seen this show, but understanding that the premise is that someone writes 13 letters to 13 people for why they're, they are the reason that they are committing suicide. Right. And when you start to look at it from the perspective of you made me do it versus being, um, in control and empowered of your own agency just seems like a really, really threatening idea to the well-being of our kids, you know? It's, I think it's a ticking time bomb. You've, and, and in the show, because I have watched it, um, it is that they do 13 cassette tapes telling why it's their fault that this person killed themselves. And in the show, it makes that person out to be the hero, the one who, who died by suicide. And those that they wrote these, these, or recorded these for, um, oh, they see their wrongdoing and oh, how it's all their fault. So you're having teenagers who are in that mode who are mm-hmm. thinking, I'm going to kill you. And there's this TV show that is validating that for them. Right. That, oh, you're going to be the hero. And yes, they'll see what they did wrong and glorify you. So it's, it's, it's incur it to me, in my opinion, it is, it is gasoline to a fire. It's- yes. Yeah. Totally agree. And that's like, it's the, the fact that there's a fire in the first place is where my mind goes to um, originally. And mm-hmm. what would you, what would you say are like the, the most important things for people to know about suicide? Wow, that's such a big question. Um, I think that it's it's such a fine line and there's so much to be learned um, by those who, by no fault of their own, are just not familiar um, with the mindset of someone who is suicidal versus someone who has suicidal ideation. Right. Um, they're two separate things. And um, I think that, I mean, I think it's good when people err on the side of caution and are concerned about those that have suicidal ideation. Um, however, separating the two, I think, is, is, a, very, um, is a very important thing um, in this day and age. Um, what's the distinction between suicidal and suicidal ideation? Or suicide ideation. Um, I think that, um, and again, it's such a it's such a fluid thing. Everyone's everyone's brain works differently. Right. Um, there, there's no cookie cutter for any of this. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, there is, there is a, a group of people who will feel and, and rely on those thoughts of necessarily not, you know, not being here or, um, or, or suicidal ideation, thinking about it, who aren't necessarily suicidal. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a tool, um, people use for anxiety in the same way that people cut or do things like that. So sometimes those thoughts happen automatically as a way to deal with um, anxiety or other feelings that don't necessarily mean that that person is going to act on on suicide. Uh-huh. Um, so it, I think, I think having the open conversation where people feel like they can, they can say that they've had those thoughts or those things have crossed their mind without them being you know, um, label any certain way is, is a huge thing that needs to happen. I'm just looking here online real fast and I see there's like a distinction between passive suicidal ideation and active suicidal ideation. Is this, is this the same sort of languaging that you guys use or is there a, a different term for the distinction that you're talking about? Um, I'm not familiar necessarily with those terms. Um, I think that there's, I mean, suicidal ideation, I I understand what they're saying by that, by active versus passive. And I think that is kind of what I'm, I think that's what I'm, I'm speaking of, but I think that, you know, I'm just using suicidal ideation versus being suicidal. Right. I guess, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're talking to people on the phone and I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about that and to talk about, but I guess one thing that would be good to know is like, what do you think it is that drives people to call the number in the first place? Because I mean, you could be suicidal, but you may not reach out for help. You're talking to the people who are saying like, yeah, I'm feeling this and I need to call. Um, right. You know, there's kind of like a, like, like two different ideas yeah. going person's head if you're calling for help but also feeling these you know having these thoughts so can you just shed some light on that maybe that's a good place to go from here you know sure I think that I think that when people call the line there's still hope there's a part of that person yeah who still wants to live no matter how distraught they are the part of them that wants to pick up that phone and call that's the side of them that wants to live and that's the person I want to speak to yeah in call. So um, there's, you know, if someone has made a decision, if someone is, is sure in their decision that they are going to die by suicide and they've, they've made that decision, they're not going to call me. Yeah. Uh, it's the people who call. Those are people you have a chance with. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> and do all the calls get answered? that come in? Um, I, I can't really speak to that. I mean, all the calls that come in while I'm sitting on the line. Yes. Um, any, any call that rings, I, I pick it up. Um, I can't, I don't know how the back end of the hotline works. If things, I know that the way it's set up 
is that if a call comes in and I'm busy, it's going to roll to the next closest line. Oh, I um, and we'll um, but I, I mean, as far as the tech side of things, if they're all being answered, I can't answer that. Right. And then when people call, like, what's, what is your job and how do you go about having that conversation? It's a pretty critical one, obviously. It's like the most critical. Absolutely. Um, my, I mean, my first step is to, to build a rapport with that person. I need them to trust me and I need them to, to know that I'm there specifically for them. Um, my next step and, and to build, build some trust there so that they feel that they can be honest with me. Um, the next step is to find out what the precipitating event was, what caused them to pick up the phone today. Most people who are considering suicide have been doing so for some, some time. So what happened today? What happened today to make you pick up the phone when you didn't pick it up yesterday? Yeah. And we just work from there. Yeah. And what would you find is common in all these calls? There's like the, the particulars that are all unique to their situation. I'm guessing you find some commonalities or common threads, right? What, what can you say about that? Um, I feel like every call I get is different. Every call, everybody has their own stuff they're dealing with. Everybody has their, you know, their own ways of dealing with things. Um, but it, the common, the commonality that I've found is that what it comes down to is that when a person picks up the phone and they're at that point, every tool they have in their toolbox has been tried. They, whatever it is that's, that's weighing them down, that's ultimately killing them, um, they've run out of options as far as what they know to do. Right. And everything that they, they've known to try, they've tried and hasn't worked. Um, a lot of times, once you get to that point and you're that discouraged, even if there's obviously other options and obviously other things to try, they don't see them. Right. So a lot of what I try to do is not necessarily find them the light at the end of the tunnel. I just try to like poke holes in the tunnel so that they get a little bit of light and, and help them to come up with new ideas that wow. maybe they can't. Had you broke up a little bit? Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Wow. That's, that's something else. Talk. What's the difference, like the light at the end of the tunnel versus poking a hole in the darkness? What's the difference in your mind? Um, I feel like, and again, you know, these are all my my feelings on the subject. Um, at the point where someone calls the line, they have lost all sense of self empowerment. All they feel completely powerless. If I choose to just subtly poke holes and let them come up with the ideas, it's empowering. Yeah, right, um, right. And that even if I can give them the slightest bit of feeling of empowerment that they came up with a plan right. on the phone with me, right. 
even if I guided that plan. That's their plan. Right. And that's, I think, I think a, a huge deal. And, you know, my job on the line is to keep them alive today. Right. Um, I can't say what they're going to do tomorrow. Right. But it's to keep them to get them through the night, to get them through that one day. That's beautiful. Wow. Man, man, thanks again for everything you're doing. I can hear I can hear your heart and everything that we're talking about here, you know. It is it is it is very important to me. What got you into it? I've lost five close loved ones um, to death by suicide. Yeah. Um, the most recent being my oldest, dearest friend two years ago, December 11th. Ooh. And um, we, at that point, I was already on the line. So, um, you know, that was, a, that was a difficult one. Um, but it's, it's touched my life since I was a junior in high school. And... So it's, it's something that's very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many different ways that someone can respond to something like this happening in their lives. And the fact that you responded by saying, I'm going to help other people is extremely commendable. That's super tough. And look how you've taken this, this thing that's really dark and heavy and decided to respond by shining some more light just like you're doing you know thank you yeah yeah yeah. we need we need that desperately i mean it's 10 to 24 year olds suicide's the second leading cause of death for them you know i didn't didn't know that until i started um, working on this and that's been going on without many people knowing about it yeah i i mean it's no it's not it's not strange for me yeah, to right. get calls 10, 11, 12 year olds. <gasps> Pretty yeah, yeah, I really Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not it's it's a different world than it was. What do you mean? I mean that I, I and again, I feel like I need to preface this with this is my opinion. Yeah, I think it's all this um, it's just like we're just we're just two people talking and other people get to hear what we have to say. It's not like we're making definitive statements or anything like who cares, right? It's just whatever we think is going on. Yeah. I feel like and I I I wish I could pinpoint it, but I can't. I mean, I feel like things are very different from when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. Um personally, I I have my own um, things that I deal with, and I did not deal with them at that age on that level. So I do feel like things have have changed. Yeah. In what sense? Like what sort of things? Um, and you know, I don't remember. I don't remember at that age. And you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember at that age. You know that people, peers dying by suicide, not being, being um, kind of numb to that. 
like expecting it and yeah. i feel like it's more nowadays yeah i what's the what's the climate you think like here here's kind of the sense that i'm starting to get as i've been doing you know the different research and having conversations like this is it almost seems like as if there's a like life be, being alive today it's like a pressure cooker right and like um we might say that something that might be happening is that whatever is going on that's different in our society is turning up the heat on that pressure cooker and it ends up lowering our resilience. Um, our resiliency goes down. And when that happens, things that used to, like, let's say being bullied, being bullied as a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old never would, wouldn't before so often be um, something that would be a, maybe a result in a suicide risk or cause suicide. And, and maybe now, because the, the general um, pressure is so much, um, that something like that is now causing suicide to happen where it wouldn't have been the case before now, i don't know if this that's true or not right but that's just what i'm starting to sort of gather and i want to um run that by you it's like what do you think about that general sort of idea of looking at what's happening when you talk about things things changing today and it being a different world okay um personally i don't think that the pressure has changed at all oh. i think the same i think that the way that kids are um you know, I'm going to use the word programmed to respond to it uh -huh. has changed. I feel like, um, in my personal opinion, that kids today are are maybe handled with kid gloves too much. Yeah. Or maybe expected, um, or they expect more than they should um, from the world. Yeah. Um, it's. I think that maybe it's, in my opinion, it's that. And it's it's no fault of the generations that are coming up today. It's the way that things have um, have changed over time as to how we we treat the younger generation. Uh -huh. um, I think it's a I think it's a sensitivity issue. Um, not that these things that they're dealing with are easy. They're not. I mean, the things we dealt with weren't easy. It's not. It's hard and it hurts. Um, but I think that I think that a lot of younger generation nowadays um, expect that that's not that's not fair. That shouldn't happen, and it it does. So I feel like maybe the the sensitivity level is higher, not necessarily the pressure. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. And if that's the case, maybe it's easier to navigate than the general societal pressures, but. Um, what I, when I think about what you're saying, things like that's not fair, or it should be like this, it should be like that. There's, would you say it's almost like a, some type of entitlement that is bred by how they're raised? Is that what, am I getting that? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm leaning towards. Um, and again, like it's no fault of, I don't think it's anybody in particular's fault. It's the way that society has evolved at this point. And, you know, a, a lot of society and the evolution of, of how our society has changed has been very, very positive. I think this is a negative part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is a, a, in a horrible, and I don't mean it crassly, 
um, but almost like a collateral damage to the the positive evolution. You know, this is the sensitivity um, being heightened and and the damage that that can do um, is something that's happened due to the just the changes as as we evolve. Yeah, it's it's almost as if um, we've actually disempowered our kids by trying to shield them from certain things happening um, by um, missing the boat on explaining to them that things aren't always going to go your way. You know, some of these and, and trying to architect the kind of experience where that does happen. That's not really aligned with reality. I agree. Something like that. Yes. I can, I can see how that could make a lot of sense. That's an interesting one. So, I mean, what, what that means then is um, every, I mean, really, I think everyone needing to, um, to not only feel more empowered, but actually be more empowered with real tools that can actually help people in their life situations that they come up with. Yeah. And I think that, I think that placing that empowerment in a support group or the people around you, um, which seems to be so much of the go-to of, you know, stand up for your friends, um, you know, which is wonderful. Uh, but the base of that empowerment needs to be on an individual basis. Yeah, I mean, right. Feel empowered without a support system um, because that's that's where it's happening. You don't, the kids that don't have a support system to empower them. So mm -hmm. how do we empower kids individually? Right. And so you get a call from a 10, 11, 12 year old without giving the details that would be crossing the line. What, what's happening in these situations? Like where's the kid at mentally, emotionally? What's the situation? Can you just maybe paint that picture a little bit? Because I can't just shake thinking about a poor little 11 year old child calling this number, you know, right now that the majority of it, um, the majority of calls that I receive. Um, from that age range are kids um, who are stressed about school. What do you mean? They're stressed about grades, tests, how disappointed their parents will be. Um, it's a lot of that age group. A lot of the calls I get um, are kids freaking out about school, about state testing, about, you know, it's, the stress that we're putting on this age, you know, because of school funding, like, you know, that they have to do well and their teachers pressure it. And it's, they convince these kids that if they don't pass this test, they're not even going to make it into college. I mean, these kids think that their whole life rides on this. Yeah. And it's it, the school thing is so huge for that age, that age range. Wow. And do you think that's, uh, is that an example of new pressure or do you think that's always been the case and the kids are just not able to handle it? Um, it's definitely a new pressure from when I was in school. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's like immediately new, um, but I do think it's a, um, the level that these kids are being pushed to 
is um, is newer. Yeah. For sure. What's more of a concern for them? The don't want to mess mess up on this test because of my future, or I don't want to disappoint my parents, or is it is it something else entirely? That's like the most um, pressing issue. You know, I, I don't know which one is more. Um, you know, it's it's, and of course, that's not all that that age range calls about. I'd say that's just the majority. Um, but I think, I think most, I would say most of it, if I had to guess, just thinking it over, would be disappointing the parents. It's it's more family. It's usually more family related, mm-hmm. but maybe you know, fueled by school. Right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Man, well, what else do people need to know? I mean, what you shared is really valuable. Um, I just think that, and it's, and it's been said, and I'll say it again, but if, if someone is is talking about dying by suicide. If somebody is making comments, even in passing or with a smile on their face and jokingly, don't ever brush them off. Yeah. A lot of times all that person needs is to be heard. Yeah. All that needs is somebody to hear them. And um, I think that that's, never never tell somebody to get over it or act like they've got so much to live for never never diminish what they're feeling even if you don't understand it right wow yes 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 i think i think we can't hear that message enough right yeah Anything you want to say as far as what you think on the school shooting topic in particular, as far as the root cause goes? Any guesses on what you think that might be or senses of it? I wish I had the answer. Yeah. It's just every child, every teenager is different. Every child, every teenager is going through their own pressure, just like we as adults you know, feel pressure every day. They do too. I mean, and I think as adults, we look and it's like, oh my gosh, school's so easy. Or if I could just go back to high school or you think you have it so hard. It is hard. It's hard for them in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's just as hard as what we're dealing with as adults. Um, I don't know what the root cause is for these school shootings or or what, what the base is for it. I just, I feel like, I feel like we need to do more listening to our kids mm-hmm. and honestly hearing them without reacting. Mm-hmm. That last part is a very important piece of the puzzle, right? I think so. I think that based on the way you've reacted in the past is going to limit how much your child shares with you. Yeah. I think if you've reacted in the past, they're not going to feel comfortable being completely open with you. 
and and we need our kids to feel to feel like they can be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. That's that's what we should all be hearing right now. Um, can you can you say again the name of that organization that you're part of? I know you said it was like it, I should be able to remember, it, but I don't. Um, I actually I I volunteer with the Suicide and Crisis Center of North Texas. I get the link. Uh huh. Glad that exists, and I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. Yeah. Um. That's all I had, Jen. Is there anything else you want to add on top of that? No, but I thank you for letting me kind of say my piece on it. Oh, Appreciate my gosh. It. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to stop recording, but do you have a quick sec to keep talking? <laughs>